Hello. Hello! Welcome to Sit for a Spell, a podcast where we discuss the lore, the traditions, and modern practices of the occult. Learn alongside us as we explore the many ways the witches of today observe their craft. So grab your book of shadows, light your candles. It's time, time to, to sit, sit for a spell. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> One and all. Welcome. To sit for a spell podcast. I'm James. I'm Jess. And as we prove time and time again, that never gets easier. We don't know why. Nope. <laughs> Scientific and I'm fact. Sure you love hearing about it every time. Every time. <laughs> <laughs> it's just because we like sit and we talk and we're like, rah, 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 and then we're like, okay, start. And then it's like, yeah, awkward. it's hard to <laughs> go from fluid banter to casual conversation to, yeah fully yeah. introducing ourselves how are uh, you Jess? Just, you know i'm fine <laughs> you in know, the general yeah, grand are you gonna i'm fine <laughs> yeah i think i'll mm-hmm. if anybody asks you just gotta go you know yeah we do we all know everyone you understands know. <laughs> yes oh, everyone man. knows everyone understands things are happening in the world and it's fine. We went on our capital storming rant last episode. You know we record a couple yeah. in a day, so we won't get back into that. No. The inauguration would have happened. Congratulations, President America. Biden and Vice President Harris are in place now. It's a utopia. And the world is fixed. Done. Let us know. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully things are going smoothly in those first hundred days. One you know what is going smoothly? RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> Season 13. RuPaul's Drag Race. It's, it's so good. One. How do they and keep getting... so many good people on that show this season? I don't even think I can pick out who should go home. It's so good. No. no, no spoilers for anybody, but you've seen just, the first three, right? Yeah, there's only okay. been three so far, right? Yeah, there's only been three. I really like um, Simone, and I really like Utica. I like. I, really I love like her. Okay, I really like Simone. I really like Olivia. Mm-hmm. I really like Rose and Utica. I was like trying to yeah. pick two Rose, from each team. Rose and um, Tina Burner, they're like, and um, Denali, they're like pro, you mm-hmm. know, like mm-hmm. this is what they do every day, all day pro. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, well, I'm a little quirky. They're so also like, good though. I always like the quirky ones. Me too. Yeah. Like your crystal Did methods, you your Evie Oddleys. Your yeah. Sharon Needles is, is yeah, 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 yeah. Alaska's of the world, <laughs> yeah. I love Alaska, yeah. Katya, uh, so, oh Katya, <laughs> yeah. Because even though like they're all like stunning and gorgeous, and they're all just like there's something about like a quirky, I don't know, yeah. weird. Maybe because like I growing up was that weird girl you know i still am 
that mm-hmm. it just speaks to me. But I'm like nowhere near as creative as they are. Like I could never put together anything they put together. But I'm like, yes, that's Absolutely my style. Absolutely not. Yeah. It's really me fun. Either. Couldn't even dream. It's a really fun distraction. It's just fun TV. It's like low stakes. It's, you know, yeah. not not life or death. People are just having fun. I mean, I'm sure it feels like high stakes for them because they're competing for so much oh, money. Yeah. But yeah. It's fun yes. to see. I and love to just do I love to just see time. like Hmm? Oh no, keep going. Oh no. I love to just see like their I love to see people just be creative, like Project Runway or mm-hmm. RuPaul's Drag Race, like just seeing what they can come up with. It's so I know. It's like, and then it's like that that meme where you were watching it and you're like, why did she even do that? When <laughs> you can't even like <laughs> You're like eating a bag of M&Ms. <laughs> yeah, that's me. You're like big mistake. We're like memes of like the bake off. Like she forgot the yeast. Bitch. <laughs> you dumb bitch. <laughs> Don't even know how yeast works. <laughs> and I'm like, I couldn't even last five minutes in that tent. <laughs> oh, bake no. off. I do miss that. Another thing that I've watched twice now, Bridgerton. It's all oh, it's Bridgerton. taking the world by storm. It's, it's because it's what we needed collectively, just like we needed Tiger King for some comedic relief. Yeah, I it's like the it's like the anti-Tiger King. It's like Tiger mm-hmm. King was like a circus act. It was like a I don't like the term, I won't say it, freak show, but it's like, it was like a, you know, like a sideshow act. It was like, everyone yeah. was so, everyone was like a character. A yeah. yeah. And you were just watching like, what are they going to do next? And it was fun at the beginning because, you know, quarantine was still, you know, yeah. it was like a novelty still. real fast. And then, Yeah. And then everyone, <laughs> everybody was too far in it. <laughs> and now this is like it's like a salve on a burn, you know, like Bridgerton. It's just so oh, everyone's so calm and proper, and their accents are so nice. And oh my God, what's his name again? Like the stakes aren't high; oh. nobody dies. Like it's just, it's just nice. It's so soothing and so calming. And it's then very. The I mean, I haven't seen. There are parts that are not soothing and calming for a yeah. good reason. <laughs> but it's Shonda Rhimes and that woman knows how to write, yeah, how Shonda to produce great mm-hmm. TV. Yes. It's like funny and the music is good and it's like sexy and scintillating. Yeah, it is. It's, yeah, it is. It's real sexy. <laughs> so, not appropriate for children if you have children. But it's not like someone said it on it's like a celebrity that said it. I don't know where I saw it, but it's Pride and Prejudice for like Cinemax is basically yeah. what it is. <laughs> I called it Gossip Girl for fancy people. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah. But it's really it's a nice re- like re- it's a nice distraction. Yes. Takes you out. And then, of course, everyone is, like, gorgeous. And the clothes are gorgeous. And the music is gorgeous. The scenery and there's horses. And And you know it didn't look like that when back in the day. 
things were not that nice. Some parts did. Some parts did. Like well, they interacted the with part. the queen. So they were in the queen circle. It's not really a spoiler, but they were in the queen circle. So yeah, that's true. Um, like the top of society. They were the tippity top of society. So technically true. it wouldn't look like that. True. It wouldn't have smelled good, but it wouldn't look like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, man. And now the world is collectively watching the Night Stalker docuseries. Oh my God. I just started it today. Intense. Yeah. So we are definitely like Jess and I, I think, I think we like originally bonded over true crime. Like, like, yeah, that's where we were really like you too. It was like before it was like a thing that everybody was openly Mm -hmm. discussing. And I don't know, like years ago, ago. Mm -hmm. it just happened to come up and we were like, it was like, yes, we can talk to each other about this. And um, Mm -hmm. yeah, so we're definitely like murderinos from like way back and yes. uh so we like i mean personally i know the story i know about the murders i know about how he was caught mm-hmm. i know like everything but seeing from the perspective that it's it's like t- hearing from survivors hearing from mm-hmm. the actual detectives seeing the crime yes. scene photos it just takes it to like it's so well done it's so well done so well done my my husband and i keep calling him uh, Gil and Frank is it Gil and mm-hmm. Frank? I think so. I keep yeah. calling them every time they do something right. We're like they're like, and we blocked off the crime scene, or we got this. We look at each other and we go, Dream Team. Because <laughs> 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 I mean, in 1985, like a lot of detectives weren't the most forensically savvy, mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, we got to put a box over this footprint, or don't touch that, or don't go in that room. Mm-hmm. And we're like, God damn it. How did they know? How did they know? Uh, it was so good. Yeah. And our families lived smack dab in the yeah. zones um, while yeah, they were talking, growing up. Talking to my mom about this. This is like 86, 85. I wasn't born yet, but um, I was talking to my mom about it this morning. And she was like, yeah, we lived in Montebello. My grandma lived in East L.A., like our whole family lived in LA and Wilmington and that like in that that whole LA area, that's where we're from. So Yeah. It's funny we to had see family. Yeah. It's crazy. It's funny to see all the locations and you're like, I know where that is. Like yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> I went so lives down the street from there. <laughs> My family lived in the um Roland Heights Diamond Bar Whittier zone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mom was in high school in Roland Heights. So Scary. Um, he was all over San Gabriel Valley. This is very um, insider Southern California lingo for you guys, but, <laughs> yeah. but if the you whole watch area, it, you'll, you'll these names will click, especially yeah. Whittier. It's like Los Montebello, Angeles, yeah, downtown Los Angeles proper, and like the surrounding neighborhoods is where he stopped. Yeah, it's it's basically a an hour kind of like circle radius or more like an oval kind of like thing and until he went into the bay area but yeah um his main grounds were like this hour oval radius also in southern california we don't measure things by distance we measure things by time by time Mm -hmm. (laughs) like oh it takes an hour to get there it takes takes 45 minutes minutes to get to james house yeah i couldn't tell you how many miles 
that yeah. just lives away, but it takes 15 minutes to get there. <laughs> it takes 15 minutes to get to James' house. It takes 40 minutes to get to Disneyland. It takes 20 minutes to get to my doctor's office. It takes 25 mm-hmm. minutes to get to work. Mm-hmm. Miles couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you. Couldn't tell you how far away downtown LA is, but it takes about 45 minutes together. Yeah, no. But the other thing that we do, and SNL got this right, is that, okay, to get to my doctor's office, it's going to take me 25 minutes. I got to take the 60 to the 15 and I got to get off on the street. Yeah. Or to get to work, I got to get but on the 10 to the 15. It's after 2 p.m., then you're not going to want to take, don't get on the 10. Yeah, don't get on the 15. Don't get on the 10. Don't get on the freeway. If you're going two. westbound, if you're, if you're going eastbound, if you're going westbound, it'll be okay. Yeah. If that's against traffic. It's, <laughs> it's totally right. We are a freeway, freeway uh, people. Culture. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah, freeway culture. Time sure. freeways. And exits. What's the exit? How, how, yeah, how long do, will it take to the exit? Yeah, where do I get off? That's it. That's it. I mean, I don't know how people, well, I can get around without my GPS, but I prefer well, my GPS. In my surroundings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's true. Well, downtown, oh, I no. can't. No, mm-hmm. no, no, not downtown. No it's there's too much construction to even. Yeah, some of these streets. LA is constantly under construction, but um, I think as SoCal people, we don't need our GPS, but we use it because it tells us how much time, time. is left. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My mom gets mad because I'll because turn the voice uh-huh. off. I turn her voice off. Oh, you yeah, know, yeah. still plug it in every time I go to work and every time I go to my doctor's office and every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom is like, "You know where you're going." And I'm like, "I want to know what traffic is like." Exactly. Or if your exit's closed, which is not Often. unheard of. Yeah, happens. <sighs> but that's enough freeway talk for you guys. <laughs> Welcome to our new Richard podcast. Ramirez was all over those freeways. Yeah, he was. Crazy but, guy. Yeah. Bridgerton and polar opposites, Bridgerton and the Night Stalker. Yeah. So maybe but watch both one. somehow soothing. I don't know about the Richard Ramirez one. That one's pretty intense. That one should come with like a, a warning. Like a trigger warning. Warnings. Yeah, a trigger warning for sure. It might. Yeah, his crimes were pretty gruesome. So just be careful. Yeah, if you are sensitive to that, don't watch it. It is intense. They do show the one thing that I didn't know. I don't mind this. Um, I grew up with a nurse, so I don't. I'm not like queasy or anything. But they do show crime scene photos. They don't show people's faces, but they do show the rest of the photo. So it can be mm-hmm. kind of like whoa, yeah. that was. They show you like pretty much that. everything but people's faces. Yeah, which is yeah. really. In- Surprising. Just be cautious of that if that is um, triggering for you, for sure. But it's really well done. Yeah. If it's something that you can handle or something that you're comfortable mm-hmm. with, I definitely recommend it because it is really well done. And I've only watched yeah. a couple episodes so far. Yeah. No. <laughs> now I'm all like, mm. heebie-jeebies. <laughs> Go watch Bridgerton again. Ooh, also, in new news, Michael got me a sound bowl for Christmas. It didn't come at Christmas. It came like four days ago. But it's a sound bowl. It's a <laughs> F-note, um, a heart chakra, clear crystal quartz that's dyed green with the frosted outside. And it's a 10-inch bowl. <sighs> 
so beautiful. It's so so loud. The dogs don't appreciate it. (laughs) (laughs) The dogs don't appreciate anything. No, I've been trying to like get used to the motion. Mm -hmm. Like you have to do a very steady, slow motion in order to get the like pure sound. Yeah, and it's hard. So I've been I have to like sit down and teach myself how to do it with like YouTube videos. But I was so surprised, and I'm so excited because if you haven't listened to our um, Integratron, not Megatron, Megatron, Optimus Prime, Integratron (laughs) um, episode, James and I adored the sound bath. Um. And I had not stopped talking about it since. And COVID had delayed our yeah, plans that was like to a go. Year ago. It was over a year ago, I think. I think it was because it was like Christmas break last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so. that makes me sad. <laughs> I'm really excited about it. I know. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. Because um, we were like, oh, we'll go for our birthdays. And our birthdays were like a month into quarantine. And then yeah, our what makes are me even more upset, yeah, is that we're you and I are going to be part of the group that has two birthdays in quarantine. <laughs> Not that I we would like necessarily do anything anyway, but like, still, <laughs> I know. Like we would have gone out to dinner or like had mimosas or at the very least we would have had like people over. As I love birthdays. Love birthdays. Not she even does. my birthday. Everyone no. else's birthday. You <laughs> love everyone else's birthday more than you even love your own. Because everyone, it's always like, Jess is always like, what are you doing for your birthday? What are you doing for your birthday? What are you doing for, and we're like, we have to make plans. And then it's like, Jess, what are you doing for your birthday? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Nothing. <laughs> we're like, Jess, you have to do something. <laughs> but, yeah. But, yeah, so my last birthday in this past April, a month into quarantine, it will have been my last just, I don't know, not mother birthday. Because now this birthday in April, I'll have a child. You'll have a baby. Everything's so different now. What a year can change. But anyways. <laughs> <laughs> gotta cut all that. We're not even talking about <laughs> anything related to television today. <laughs> No, we're not. Not at all. No. Um, we've talked about the threefold law or uh, the rule of three or the law of return or the golden rule or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. We've talked about it in our Hexes episode, um, the Curses episode, which is uh-huh. a great episode if you haven't heard it. Go back and listen to that one. But just to <laughs> kind of like briefly talk about like why people say you shouldn't do those things. Um, But I'm going to break it down a little bit more today. And then not, it's hard to compare the two, but what my goal is, is to have a discussion or at least give you information to where you can see the base history of both the threefold law and karma and how they are extremely different Uh in regards to their history, cultural practice, um, 
they are similar in, in regards to ethical values. Um, mm-hmm. But I think it's just one of the reasons why I wanted to do this, to be honest, is because it, I know it's easy for us to say, oh, karma, like he'll get karma, you know, but like oh. we're not really supposed to use it <laughs> unless <laughs> it's it's borderline. I'm sure people will argue full crossing the line of cultural appropriation mm, okay. if you use karma or say karma. But at this point in our cultural verbiage, mm-hmm. karma is a steady word, you know, right. and people like, oh, karma, they'll come back to him, you know, yeah. which is the tenant like that. Yeah, you're saying it correctly, but you're not practicing you're not practicing it to fruition. Okay. Right. Okay. You know, I don't want to sound luxury. (laughs) No, no, no. No, it makes sense. Like I can honestly say that there's probably going to be a time in the future where I say that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it will come out of my mouth. Like, Oh, like that guy, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to kind of take this time with you to distinguish the two. And what makes them different and what makes them similar and talk about them. Because remember in the Book of Shadows grimoire episode, how Mm -hmm. um, the Book of Shadows essentially comes from Gerald Gardner. Mm -hmm. Guess where the threefold law comes from. Same guy. Gerald freaking Gardner. Who is this guy? (laughs) Who is this fool? Sorry if you really (laughs) like him. <laughs> I just call everyone a fool because she does. Yeah. Fools. Um, okay, sources. Wikipedia, of course, Britannica.com, and learnreligions.com. Okay. I wanted to be scholarly with it. Mm-hmm. Um so let's talk about the rule of three, the threefold law first. Okay. Okay. You've heard this if you're listening to this podcast. You know what it is. Mm-hmm. Or at least you have a sense of what it is, right? Mm-hmm. So the rule of three, I'm just going to call it that for now, um, is a tenet that's con- considered a religious tenet held by Wiccan groups, neo-pagans, pagans, and occultists, right? Okay. Depending on who you are, what you practice. Like if you practice full-on Satanism, you're probably not going to practice the threefold law. If you are full-blown Wicca, you probably are, right? Right. But I mean, everybody's different. So who knows? Mm -hmm. It's not for me to say. The base of it says that whatever energy you put out into the world, whether it be positive or negative, it's going to return back to you threefold three times right Mm -hmm. so if you're always putting that good energy out there that's the energy you're going to get back if you're putting that negative energy out there that's the energy you're going to get back but you're not going to get it back in equal proportion you're going to get it back three times fold yeah Okay. okay makes sense makes sense now um it's kind of like a caveat that's taught to new witches or new practitioners a lot right it's kind of like one of those first things that you always learn like do no we do no harm right right um 
And we'll talk about kind of like the consequences of that at the end of this conversation. But it's kind of what's taught one of the very first things. Like do your spell work, do your incantations, do your meditations, your intentions. Do all these things, but don't cause harm. Mm. Right? Right. We talk about this in again in the Hexes episode, and we'll talk about it again at the end. So where does it come from? Um, it's put in place to be cautionary, right? So you don't, when you're teaching something, you don't want to teach, well, hey, these are these maybe not so awesome things you can do, especially in Wicca where it's very um, earth-centered, spirit-centered, god and goddess, um, which to me doesn't make sense because in all throughout history, god and goddess in any culture, they always have that vengeful like wrath part. Yeah. So why can't we? But anyways, I just, (laughs) um, so these words, the rule of three, um, first came about in print in Gerald Gardner's 1949 novel, high magic's aid. Okay. Okay. Quote, thou hast obeyed the law, but mark well, when thou receivest good, so equally art bound to return good threefold. For this is the joke in witchcraft. The witch knows, through the initiate, does not, that she will get three times what she gave, so she does not strike hard. Okay. So that's where it comes from, at least these words, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know why he's writing all old timey like that because he wrote it in 1949. <laughs> but he was just trying to be fancy. Like this sounds real. I'm gonna throw <laughs> thou around a lot. Shant. Shant. <laughs> but th- it, 1949. Okay, that's not that long ago. 70 years ago. 72 years ago. So wow. Yes. I think it's an ingrained piece of humanity Mm -hmm. that, and this is ethics and moral values that comes in, is that we have these innate um, boundaries, right? Mm -hmm. Where you don't want to cross that line. And so I think part of this is, well, what are the consequences of crossing that line? Mm -hmm. You know? All right. I think that could come from... Like, not just, I mean, because I mostly hear it when people, when practitioners want to practice something that someone doesn't agree with, like hexes or curses. I think that it could come from, personally, this is my thinking, that you would want to have some sense of justice, that if someone were to harm you, you would hope that there would be retribution, that some mm-hmm. divine power would therefore make sure that they are harmed as well. I agree. I agree. And when we get into karma, they talk about that. And then if you mix in Christianity, Catholicism, the Abrahamic religions, mm-hmm. there is hugely that that tenet where – um, if you don't do good or do good deeds, mm-hmm. they, he, yeah. quote, finger, quotey things, yeah. will know, you know. Yeah. 
I think and it's like so, you want to believe like if you're a good person, good things will happen to you. And if you're a bad yes. person, bad things will happen to you. Yes. Like and black yes. and white, good and bad, like, you know, that type of. Yes. I think we all want to think that mm-hmm. in a general Absolutely. sense. Absolutely. And so this dude wrote it down. He was like, I got you. <laughs> yeah. And it, it, I mean, it's been written down before. Like, you'll see how old karma is. But mm-hmm. um, in his words, this law, right? 1949. The law. Yeah. Now, um, the threefold law as actual law um, is an interpretation. And it's an interpretation of Wiccan ideas and rituals. Um, which this woman, Monique Wilson, um, would popularize. She would go on to popularize the idea of the threefold law. Mm-hmm. Um, and so would someone named Raymond Bucklin. And these are all really big. You can compare, compare them to like modern day influencers, but like mm-hmm. back in the day, Wicca like okay. leadership, you know? Okay. Um, so kind of like really pushing these ideas in their books. And... Um, it would uh, kind of like perpetuate Wiccan ideas of reciprocal ethics. So mm-hmm. what you put comes back. Um, yeah. Not as defined as I guess we use now. I get like back in this mm-hmm. time period when it was first being like uh, discussed, it was more vague. And then like over time just became more okay. specific about what constituted okay well that's a bad thing or that's a good thing you know um it was in a magazine in 1975 um became started to become really popular in new witches uh as a spiritual law um and i mean it's not a bad concept because like like you were talking about you you want to surround yourself with good things you want to do good generally you want good things to come back to you so it makes sense you know it makes sense yeah i mean now, it definitely yeah it makes sense on like a very basic level yes it's like appealing it's to everybody to yes but it is important to know that it is almost kind of specifically a wicca thing um, in the practice, um, a lot of people who are of pagan um, practice or those maybe who meld the lines with Wicca and have like a deity um, worship, some mm-hmm. deities are vengeful and some are wrathful. Right. And so it all depends on who you're aligning yourself with. And again, mm-hmm. what equals good and what equals bad. Right. Yeah, I think that's what your personal definition is. Yeah, that's the big question is whose morals are we going off of here? Um, There's this other piece and it's for a law to be truly be a law, right? Whether it be in your uh, religion or society or whatever, it has to be universal, And so everyone has to follow that law, follow that tenet for it to be considered an actual fruitful law. Um, And the threefold law, the law of three, it's not universal in in the practice, in the craft. Um, Right. It may be because I've even seen conversations 
um, with people who are Wicca where this is not universal. Mm-hmm. And there are Wicca who practice hexes and such. And then there would be other people who pass judgment and say, well, that means you're not Wicca. Right. You know? So basically it, it needs to be universal, which it's not. <laughs> yes. I'm not trying to, I know it sounds like I'm trying to put it down a little bit, but I'm just kind of explaining how it's these words are relatively new as mm-hmm. a law to be practiced. It is not universal. Um, mm-hmm. And it was pushed mostly in this one specific practice. This is kind and of like did it say. say why it was pushed? Was it a way no. to like, keep people under certain control or? And I do talk about that. Um, at the end. Okay. Theories. Okay. So, well, this is part of it. No one likes the idea of someone calling themselves a witch, just going around willy nilly doing what they will. Right. Scary. (laughs) You know, (laughs) right. Which probably feeds from, Witch hysterias throughout history, from people not understanding alchemy, from people not understanding natural healing, Mm -hmm. stories of being turned into a frog, right? (laughs) Like, there's fears. And so it's an effective way to say, hey, now, you can call yourself that, but remember, if you do bad Mm -hmm. things bad things will come back at you. Mm -hmm. So we don't know if it's a Christian Catholicism man thing, right? Right. That trickled down in an oppressive way. There's been a lot of conversation about this recently in the witch community online. Um, Mm. It's very specifically in regards to the threefold law because it is oppressive and it does limit your practice yes. on what you want to do. And so it's, well, is this a real thing? Is it something based on your personal ethical values or is it universal? And we're just not following it universally. So mm-hmm. there are people at all levels, right? Yes. All the levels. And it does sound oppressive and using the word, I guess, clinically, It is because it Mm -hmm. does limit your practice. There are very specific things that they say today you cannot do. Right. um, If you are going to be a true practitioner of Wicca and follow the threefold law, like you could not heck someone. That is something Mm -hmm. that you would be off the table. You know, you couldn't do it. So, you know, it's up to you. Yeah. I mean, I could see, I definitely. I don't, I mean, I'm. you have a spot at the end where we can talk about theories, is that what you said? Oh, yeah, yeah. But that's so, pretty much sums it up. Well, on a personal level, again, I would like to think that good things come to, quote unquote, good people, bad things come mm-hmm. to, quote unquote, bad people. But I also think there is a time and a place to use, like, the the parts of yourself that you don't that 
like the anger or the vengeance mm-hmm. or the, I feel like there's a time and a place for that where there's yeah. love and light is only going to get you so far, especially in a world where a lot of people don't abide by that, those laws, the love and light, yeah. the uh, do no yeah. harm, those yes. types of ideals where if everybody w- were to abide by that, then we could all be, you know, kittens and puppies and rainbows all the time and um it's just not the way the world works you know (laughs) like we've seen time and time again people who abuse power and have no consequences so there is a limit to it i don't i don't prescribe to the threefold law personally um no neither do i i just but i i mean it's i don't know it's so random I think sometimes the universe is just random because there are people in your life who do bad things to you and then bad things do happen. But then there are people Mm -hmm. in your life who do bad things to you and then nothing happens. You know, it's kind of like, yeah. Okay. Well, obviously it doesn't, like you said, it's not universal. It's not proven every single time. Mm -hmm. And that's the base argument with both of these with karma as Mm -hmm. well as with the threefold law. Um, or at least with any ethical practice of doing good so good comes back to you, is that there's no yeah. – and I mean, obviously, in regards to religion and, and practice, this is already kind of out the window, but there's no evidence to back this up, you know, because bad things right. happen to good people and good things happen yes. to bad people. And – Yes. They happen every day, all the time. And so it's mm-hmm. if you're doing good and doing good and doing good, but all these bad things keep happening to you, like what does that how mean? are you what does that mean? You know? Yeah. And some people will say, Oh, it's so and so testing you. Why? Yeah. But Why? I've been doing good things. <laughs> I've or, been doing so many good things. Or is the the um the act of doing good things simply so good things will happen to you is that your intentions are not pure. Is that a whole nother quandary? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, well, I'm going to be good because I want good things to happen. So then that's the only reason you're doing good things is for selfish reasons. Then that doesn't make the things you're doing good, you know? (laughs) And that was a really big thing in the Catholic church. Um, during like Reformation, that's what caused the Reformation, um, way back when after the Renaissance. So we had the plagues, right? And the plagues were just so many people died. Um, and cause they didn't have vaccinations. <laughs> we do now, but anyways, yes. uh, we had the Renaissance <laughs> celebrating life, acknowledging death, right? Then we go into uh-huh. the Reformation because then people were like, hold the phone. We're getting too crazy here. Jesus wouldn't like this. Let's mm-hmm. backtrack, right? And one of the things that Martin Luther, not Martin Luther King Jr., but Martin Luther, the white dude who invented mm-hmm. Lutheranism way back when, um, didn't like was paying for salvation, right? So you could go to church and you can say, I cheated on my wife or I didn't go to church every Sunday. I was working on the Sabbath or I did this other bad thing or what have you. I broke Uh one of these things. The church could say, dude, it's fine. 
10 grand. You're go- you'll go to heaven. It's fine. There's wow. a word for it that I don't remember. Um, but essentially, you were paying to skip the good deeds. Like actual money. To to Literal money. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. And you would buy these and it would be a piece of paper and the church would sign it. And it would say so-and-so, bishopy or whoever, I don't know, church terms, uh, notices or confirms that you did such and such and your soul is saved and you will go to heaven. So it's kind of bringing That's a scam. That back. <laughs> oh, it was like the first MLM, okay? But like... <laughs> but for your eternal soul. For your eternal soul. And Martin Luther was like, this is bullshit. And he was like, this is not what the Bible teaches us. And so he kind of developed his own system. He like did all these kind of crazy things. And this is where religion starts to splinter, right? Protestantism, Mm -hmm. Lutheranism. Mm -hmm. Okay. That time period. When there was backlash from doing good deeds to garner things for yourself Mm -hmm. versus doing good deeds to be good. Right. And that was one of the base foundations of that religious split. Okay. Um, I have a point. <laughs> we see this coming back for sure mm. in our world today. Mm. And some people oh, call yeah. it ethics. Some people call it like the golden rule, doing on to others will come back on to you. It's in the Bible. Where people are giving money to churches, Joel Olstein, all these things, or yeah, going to do good deeds. But there's this quandary of, okay, this Christian woman is feeding these homeless people, right? Mm -hmm. She's giving money. She's donating food. Maybe not to the church, but to the actual thing. But then she's still a horrible person. Right. Like she's a Karen, right? But she's still donating. So if she's doing these deeds that the Bible says to do or ethics says to do, take care Mm -hmm. of yourself, take care of your world, your neighbor, but she's still not a great human, like where's the... How do you balance that? Where's the threefold law on that? Where's, you know, so... yeah. It's the same thing here. Like, okay, maybe you're not going to hex someone, right? Right. Maybe you're a Wicca. You're not going to hex anyone. But what if you don't donate? What if you don't save the whales? What if you don't recycle? Yeah. Like, Or what if the – and the the only reason you didn't is because you don't want something bad to happen to you. Does that make you a better person than the person yes. who did hex somebody? Exactly. Exactly. Wow, my brain. Because you can still have it in your heart. Yeah. The anger. And like, some would say that's more powerful. Right. You know? Yeah. And so it's like, well, you can't see me. (laughs) She's shrugging her shoulders. She's doing that emoji with the two hands. Yeah. It's an ethical quandary. That's like, it's basically what it is. And so some people in the Wicca, in the pagan, in the occultist practice, do follow the threefold law, 
what you put out in the world will come back out to you. There are absolutely wonderful humans who follow this law, Mm -hmm. you know, and do these things. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's just, that's that. That's what that is. (laughs) I will say on a personal level, I, like I said, I don't ascribe to the threefold law, but I do believe you attract the energy you give out. Not that you, not that you do or don't deserve it on on an ethical level. Just that like attracts like, that energy attracts energy. And yeah. good or bad, quote unquote, depending on whoever you talk to. I think that's what I think, if that makes sense. I just think you do, you attract what you put out. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever no, that and I means. Feel the same way because yeah. even though I don't like follow basic tenets of karma and I don't necessarily think about the threefold law, at the same time, like I'm just not the kind of person that's going to hex anybody. Um, not because I wouldn't want to, but just because I'm lazy and true. I don't got time for that. But see, and I think I'm the kind of person who who probably would hex somebody, but also I'm too lazy to do it too. Yeah. And we <laughs> talked about this in the hexing episode that if I did, which I've wanted to, I just haven't. I would probably do like a mirror box or something where. Mm-hmm. I'm not sending evil intent to that person to hurt themselves or to cause harm, but I'm sending their actions back at them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like I'm not creating a new thing. You're not saying like this person needs to go bald. Yeah. Or saying lose a leg. This person actions needs to have consequences and it should be pushed back at them. Right. However the universe sees fit. Exactly. Yeah. So. I think we are, I mean, like most things, we're pretty closely aligned on this issue here. You obviously know my feelings after listening to that rant, but. um, (laughs) (laughs) We know how you feel about organized religion anyway. Yeah. Ethics is very confusing to me. And. But at the same time, I think it can be boiled down very simply. Um, And I think both of these really do, at the base, it's that internal human intention of goodness, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Which is impossible to verify. Yeah. And then what if you're one of those people that do ascribe to predestination, not what's going to happen is already going to happen. And like fate, how do you say if you, if you're a believer in fate, how do you believe in karma and the threefold law? Yeah. Cause whatever's so going to happen is going to happen. Right. So it's hard. It's hard. It's There's hard. a lot it's of, a lot. yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of uh, contradicting things that you could believe in. Yeah. We're doing our best. We're doing our best mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. We haven't even gone to karma yet. So yeah. let's take a break. Okay. Let's take a brain break as I would brain tell break. my students. Hello, Sit for a Spell listeners. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? With everything going on in the world right now, James and I have been feeling the stress and have been experiencing extra anxiety. And we know a lot of you have been feeling the same way, which is why BetterHelp, that's better, H-E-L-P, may be right for you. 
BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. That's right, Jess. And did you know you can start communicating in under 48 hours? Now, BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is actual professional counseling done securely online. There's also a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available to you in your area. The service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor. You'll get a timely and thoughtful response. Plus, you can schedule weekly or video phone sessions so you won't ever have to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if and when you ever need to. It's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available, which is huge in the COVID-19 world. It's awesome. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. You can visit their website and read testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com slash sit for a spell. That's better H E L P and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people are using better help that they're hiring new counselors in all 50 States. Yeah. Get on that. Mm -hmm. Get on this too. special offer for sit for a spell listeners. You get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash sit for a spell that's better h-e-l-p.com slash sit for a spell and we're back um and i googled it they were called the to pay for your soul to get into heaven they were called indulgences and this was yeah like in the 1500s so really long time ago (laughs) i can't believe i mean i do believe it but i can't believe that was a thing Oh, it's still a thing. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, Okay. So let's talk about karma. I'm going to say a lot of words that I am not pronouncing correctly. I do apologize. Um, But I'm going to do my best. This is, again, like we always say, it's a summary, scratching the surface. Um, Karma is ancient. Karma is very significant to um, Indian culture. Mm -hmm. So... Just giving you the basic information here. Karma comes from the Sanskrit word karmin, which means act, like a to mm-hmm. act. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at the beginning, uh, like the earliest stages, which is like 1000 to 700 BCE, so before Christ, right? Mm-hmm. Like this would have been 3000 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um because when it's BCE, before the Common Era, you always add that time to our current year. So if it's 1,000 BCE, right. you'd add it to 2,021, 3,021, right? Right? Got it? It's yeah. like negative so, numbers on a number line type thing. Correct. Mm-hmm. So about 3,000 years ago, in the Vedic religion, there was really no ethical significance or usage to karma. So over time... Um, as theology changed amongst the Brahmin priests over centuries, the ritual action of karma kind of turned into something that became independent of the gods, right? Okay. It became a personal thing, a autonomous function in like ritual law. Okay. 
the earliest evidence of the evolution of karma is in the Upanishads, um, which is a, a piece of the Vedas, which is the sacred scriptures. Um, and it's kind of the study of being in general, right? Which is like okay. being. So in the middle of the first millennium BCE, 3,000 years ago, around-ish, um, a Vedic theologian expressed a belief that later became super common, but was considered new and kind of like esoteric or like kind of like, mm, you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> and the, there's a quote that says, a man turns into something good by good action and into something bad by bad action. Okay. Simple. Easy. Right? So simple. So simple. If only. So. If only. If only. Now, within the Vedic ritual tradition, good action and bad action may have included both a ritual, like actual physical practice, or okay. moral acts. So the moral concept of karma started to grow and started to dominate the theological kind mm -hmm. of like conversation in the Vedic yeah. religion, especially when Buddhism and Jainism started to form. Okay. Okay. Because Buddhism is all about, I mean, I'm not going to try to pretend I know mm -hmm. a lot about Buddhism, but it's about understanding changes in life and that death is something and that you need to do um, not necessarily you need to do deeds to fulfill, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's very, there can be very peaceful pieces about all of these things. Um, and though, once those started to emerge, the moral implications of karma really started to develop. Okay. okay. Also, I will just say putting it in a moral sense or viewpoint instead of a ritual sense is also easier much easier yeah. now what rituals those were couldn't tell you right i have Did no you idea. say sacrificial in there so maybe it was oh. sacrificing the chicken you know yeah. or yeah. what have you to mm -hmm. well maybe you don't have to sacrifice the chicken maybe you could just be nice to that guy maybe you could just be nice to the chicken yes be nice to the chicken. <laughs> it's the opposite. <laughs> I wasn't there. I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Um, so there becomes a connection now between these three kind of religions or practice between ritual and moral connections to karma. Mm -hmm. um, and karma starts to become casual law. It starts to become okay. known as the law of karma. Okay. So there's a lot of religious groups, um, very notably the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, Islam, right? Mm -hmm. um, that put, we, we talked about this in, a little while ago, that put reward and punishment of like human action connected to a divine entity, right? So if you do yeah. good, you get reward. If you do bad you get consequences. Yes. Daddy's Mainly watching heaven and hell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or I mean, 
at the, the time period that we're talking about, they would still say flooding, bad harvests, um, mm-hmm. children passing away, the okay. loss of income, things like that, right? Like literally a divine judge is right. watching your life, watching every single person. Maybe they're in the Akashic Record Room dimension. I don't know. <laughs> Record like (laughs) watching all of this happen, and they're like, "Oh, nope, that guy was a dick." Harvest gone, right? Right. So they were trained to believe this way. Okay. Um. Now, in contrast to this, in classical tradition of Hinduism, Buddhism, Jainism, um, and kind of like that Vedic practice. They viewed karma as something that was operating autonomously as casual mm. law. Okay. So there's no divine presence. So no divine will or kind of like other is going to intervene in the relationship of the act to the result. Okay. okay. It's all on you. Okay. It's a very personal, independent experience. Okay. There's no God saying he did this. She did that. Making the decision to punish you Mm -hmm. or reward you. Yes. You put it out there and it will come back to you. Mm -hmm. Just in the laws of nature. Right. Okay. The universe. (laughs) Okay. It's a lot of words. Yeah. I know. Not done. (laughs) So. Once that like big divine omnipresent judge is gone, taken out of the equation, there's this new question of how can an act produce an effect at a future time far removed from the act's performance? I read that. That's a quote. Okay. (laughs) It's a fantastic question. (laughs) Like how can an act produce an effect at a future time far removed from the act's performance. So if you do a good yeah. deed, when or how do you know that good deed came back to you? Yes. Come back to you tomorrow, five years from now. And would you even it? know? Would you even know? Would you even know? Okay. Yeah. Because maybe There's you were nice answers. to the chicken. <laughs> okay. You're nice to the chicken. And then the next day, if you were not nice to that chicken... You were going to break your leg. But now, guess what? You don't break your leg. Or your chicken dies. Or the chicken dies. Or the chicken doesn't lay eggs that day. Or the chicken yeah. runs away. Or the chicken runs away. Yeah. <sighs> so Is that because things. you were nice or mean to the chicken? Exactly. Exactly. So there's different answers depending on which Indian moral philosophy you ascribe to. Okay. Okay. Um, all of them acknowledge that there is some kind of karma thing happening based on the initial act. Okay. Okay. They all understand that. They all say yes. So I don't know if I'm saying this. I don't know if it's, it actually is Jainism, but so in Jainism, for example, they believe karma, um, can settle into the soul or the jiva of the one who commits, bad actions has bad thoughts right can mm-hmm. kind of like eat bad at your thoughts. soul how do you even control that 
I don't know. <laughs> um, so kind of like all the, time. the bad, <laughs> the oh bad God. things you do settle into your soul. Okay. okay. Um, makes it impure and heavy. All right. Mm-hmm. In our material world. Okay. okay. In the Vedic tradition, there's the concept of a purva, which is really interesting. And this is like if there's if you do something good or something bad, right? A purva is kind of like a seed that's mm-hmm. implanted in you mm-hmm. and it will grow or sprout over time. And it sprouts into like new realities in the distant future. Okay. Kind of like but is, is there a what you do, the choice action you make? take? Or just I one thing? I don't know. I would okay. assume every action. Okay. Or every action that qualifies. Right. I don't know who decides that, but decides that, yeah. Okay. Um, I mean that makes sense. Yeah. So like that, that kind of goes hand in hand with the choice you make impacts your future self, right? It's and it makes sense like because it's like if you in a literal sense of planting a seed, if you make the right choices, water the plant, give the plant sunlight, take care of it, you mm-hmm. will get you will flour it will flourish into something. Yes, exactly. Okay. Okay. Now, in other, in like uh, Buddhism, for example, there's more of like a psychological spin on it. Okay. Okay. So, um, in where that kind of like karmic residue kind of like uh, deposits in you, which is called samskaras, and there are psychological traces, vas anus, that determine your future births and personality traits of an individual going into reincarnation okay, and going yeah. into the molding of your personality in that new life, as well as current life, your, mm-hmm. your future self. Okay. Not touching reincarnation today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a whole other. But just know that karma and that car- karmic residue mm-hmm. does impact your reincarnation. Okay. That like sprouted seed or that those imprints on your soul or the psychological traces mm-hmm. follow you. They determine what would happen next in your next life. Okay. We'll do an episode on reincarnation. Yes. Not today. Not today. <laughs> Later. (laughs) Yes. So what's interesting about karma is that it's a natural law, or at least the theory of karma is natural. And it kind of connects to Newton's principle um, that every action precedes an equal and opposite reaction, right? Mm -hmm. So he's the apple guy, Mm -hmm. you know? Apple falls. Yeah, it's a reaction. I don't think that's that law, (laughs) but no, that's um, the theory of gravity. (laughs) Yes. But for every action, there is a reaction. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Um, and that's kind of where the threefold law kind of fits in as well. Mm-hmm. But the threefold law just isn't taught as intently culturally mm-hmm. and religiously mm-hmm. as karma is taught in Jainism, Buddhism, uh, the Hindu practice, and Vedic tradition. Um, so it's not as deep. Right. It's not as consequential, you know? It's also nowhere near as old. No. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, some could argue that because remember with all of these people um, who developed uh, like Aleister Crowley and Helena and mm-hmm. Gardner and all these things, they're not coming up with these ideas on their own. You right. know, like what didn't Helena spend a significant time in like Africa and India and yeah, like, she borrowed from a lot of different. Yeah. And so practices. they knew what karma was mm-hmm. and there's a definite chance that they molded it to mm-hmm. fit their needs, just like the white people right. have always done, you know? Yeah. Um, but at the base of it, when it comes down to the natural law, every action precedes an equal and opposite reaction. So, doesn't have to be a physical action that's going to cause Even a physical reaction. Energetic action. Yes, it's an energetic, it's a psychological, it's a soul action. Right. That's going to come back. But mm-hmm. it does take faith that there is that energy out there that's going to do that. And yeah, whether that is uh, a, like a, an other omnipotent being or mm-hmm. just nature in general and karma takes that piece out yeah basically okay so karma in this sense is very cyclical very round and round mm-hmm. so some things about karma to wrap it up okay let's do it your karma is your own it's your own doing it's all on mm-hmm. you Mm-hmm. Every person is responsible for his or her own acts, actions, thoughts. Um, it's all on your own shoulders, uh, depending on, again, what you believe, what your ethics are, what your morals are, what your religious status is in the world, mm-hmm. your faith and energies. It's on you. It's going to impact everyone differently, right? If you believe it, it'll happen. You know, mm-hmm. kind of one of those mm-hmm. mind over matter situations. Yeah. In Hindu philosophy, there is life after death, right? Reincarnation, what have you. And there's the doctrine that if the karma of the individual is good enough, that next birth is going to be rewarding. And if not, it will devolve, degenerate, right? Okay. Reincarnation. Yeah. We'll go there eventually. We'll get there. Yeah. Now, there are three types of karma. Mm-hmm. And according to the ways of life chosen by someone, their karma can be classified into three different kinds. So one of them is sattvic karma, which is there's like no attachment, um, selfless and for the benefit of others. So you're like just like a really self, like a saint, right? Yeah. Um, there's rashic karma, 
which is selfless, where the focus is on gains for yourself. Um, so okay. yes, you're doing these good deeds, but you know why you're doing them. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. The third one is tamasic karma, which is you don't have any regards to consequences. It is supreme selfish, supreme savage. So okay. no, no thought of consequences. You're going to murder. You're going to steal. You're going to do all the bad things. Mm-hmm. And okay. yeah, which is. But my question here is, like you said, it is, it affects everyone differently and you're responsible mm-hmm. for your own. Someone mm-hmm. who has that mindset, would they even believe in the concept of karma I wouldn't think so to begin with I wouldn't think so so there's this thing right here that says according to Gandhi mm-hmm. the Tomsic works in kind of like a mechanic way and the so it's like so say a Tomsic person is someone who is uh, scientifically psychopathic right so they have like a brain chemical imbalance it's mechanic right they have no impulse control um Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. they're just gonna murder people because they have that compulsion Mm -hmm. um so where he gets that word mechanic then there's the rashik um which he explains drives too many horses is restless always doing something um Mm. and then there's the satvic which works with peace and peace of mind. So there's the one that kind of is just like going through the motions. Mm-hmm. And then there's the one that's trying to do too much. And then mm-hmm. there's the one who's at peace. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've all met those types of people. Yeah. And then there's Swami Sidvananda of the Divine Life Society. Okay. And, um, this person classifies karma into three kinds on the basis of action versus reaction. There's um, parabada, so so much of past actions um, as has given rise to the present birth. Um, so I guess there's like a lot of impact based on your past to where you okay. are presently. Yeah. Uh, Sanchita, which is the balance of the past to the future birth. So um, that first one, there's too much, too much that you did. There's not mm. a true balance. Okay. Then with the Sanchita, there is a balance, right? Okay. Um, it says it'll give rise to future births, the storehouse. It's kind of like accumulated actions. Mm-hmm. And then there's Agami, which acts being done in the present life. So the first two kind of like impact based on what you've done. Mm-hmm. And then the third one being what you're currently doing. Okay. It's a lot. Yeah. There's a lot of different paths to take here. And which one do you follow based on what Vedic or what scripture or what? Right. Are you Buddhist? Are you Hindu? Are you, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's this last little piece that's a little, still a little confusing to me. And I know it kind of goes along with um, kind of like the teachings of true Buddhism uh, but it's the discipline of unattached action. 
So not being attached to your actions. Okay. Mm -hmm. So according to the scriptures, the discipline of unattached action can lead to the salvation of your soul. It's recommended that one should remain detached while carrying out his duties in life. So you don't want to get too attached to what you're doing to -hmm. where you focus on why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. You just need to be doing it as a human, you know, like you need to do these like not getting caught up in the why of or yeah exactly there's a quote in one of the texts that says lord krishna says to the man thinking about the objects arises attachment towards them from attachment arises longing and from longing arises anger from anger comes delusion, and from delusion, loss of memory. From mm-hmm. loss of memory, the ruin of discrimination, and on the ruin of discrimination, huh. he perishes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we've seen a lot of that these past few weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you stay detached, if you look at things from not what you are getting from the process but from maybe the process process, yeah then that's better it's like that old uh it's not the it's not the destination it's the journey like enjoy enjoy Mm -hmm. the moments instead of uh just thinking about the outcome it's like mind it's like being mindful being present in the moment instead of thinking about the end result at all times yes so (laughs) as you can tell (laughs) between the descriptions of those two tenets (laughs) they are very different um there are some similarities in regards to natural law causation reactions um ethical and moral values but when it comes down to the actual practice of karma it is a cultural thing um i know we're not going to stop saying it anytime soon and that the tenets of karma are something that can be practiced right easily Mm -hmm. Uh, but you just like anything have to understand where it's coming from. Right. Like the true base of what Respect it is. for it. Exactly. Um, when the threefold law is a general concept that may or may not be trying to get you to tone down your practice. Be a good girl. Yeah. Yes. Let's, let's, yeah, let's control ourselves. Mm -hmm. Or it could just be a way to, I don't know, only do good in the world. We'll let you decide. Yeah, that's true. Mm hmm. Well, that's where you do good. Don't be mean unless it's warranted. And um, just you do you. 
Yeah, I think generally, again, on a personal level, I try to be an overall nice, kind person, good or bad, I think is uh, subjective. Mm -hmm. But um, just a a kind person, not too selfish most of the times, most of the time. Um, Yeah, that was, that's really interesting. I didn't, like you said, karma is a thing that we say often, people talk about often, people who, even people who are, who are Catholic or Christian or Lutheran or whatever, talk about karma, who we got his karma, you know, things like that. And um, yeah, it's interesting to hear the actual tenets of it. It is interesting that people of religious backgrounds do use it because I don't think they understand, and I didn't necessarily understand, mm-hmm. that karma is completely separate from the divine. So, right. Yeah, I didn't know that I either. Think a lot of like people who do follow a structured religion probably put hand in hand, well, that karma is, is Jesus, right? We yeah. know that's not, it's that's like the opposite of what is. karma yeah. is. Yeah. If it's, you should just say, Jesus is going to get you because that's what you mean. <laughs> you know, that's exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Just say what you mean. I will. I, again, this is myself. I personally just believe that if you, if you need an organized religion or if you need someone watching over you to make sure that you're not doing bad things, that you are not necessarily the greatest person. No. That you should have to be monitored at all times. The only reason you're not committing horrible atrocities is because you don't want to go to hell. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't make you any better than someone who doesn't ascribe to your religion. Reevaluate. Yeah. <laughs> maybe just be maybe just be nice. Just be a kind person. Is that's yeah. the religion I ascribe to. Just be kind. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But also, if someone's being a jerk to you, you can flip them off. You can tell them to go to hell. Yeah. Even if you don't believe in hell. They know what you mean. They know. Flip them the bird. They know. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? That was really interesting. That was cool. Thanks, Jess. Yeah. So, I mean, you do you. Be nice. Be kind as much as you can. Um, yeah. That's Whatever it. you believe. If you fully subscribe to the threefold law, you do you. Whatever works for you. Mm-hmm. If you don't, that's cool too. That's <laughs> like we always say, we're not here to tell you what to do, what to no. believe, what to think. No. no. We're just here giving you half-assed research. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm sure Jess uses her for me. Jess uses her full ass. I use like two thirds of it. <laughs> <laughs> some some episodes are different than others. Yes. Yeah. Depends on brain power and what's going on. Yeah. If we're in uh, a, if we're in a coup or not, you know. If we're in a pandemic. Upon dual say, yes. We're in a panda bear. We're in a panda bear. Yeah. Uh, well, Thanks that was a lot. Me. That was a lot. The last couple Appreciate episodes have been very brain melty, I think. 
Yeah, they've been heavy. A lot of theoretical science and a lot of theoretical, uh, I don't know. Soul. <laughs> yeah, I think um, the ethics is, is a mind melter, too. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, for sure. But we did it. The next one. Um, oh, excellent. Okay. The next couple, we're getting into goddesses. Um, yeah, we had, it was so funny. We had someone reach out to us asking mm-hmm. if we were going to do any like specific deities when we had like just planned our, we had just like mapped out our next few episodes mapped through may so, and so yeah february is going to be two goddess specific episodes i swear so. that always happens like we always yeah. get messages and then we're like that's literally just coming up like you guys are y'all are just like psychic or On something the same brainwave yeah <laughs> pretty cool okay well yeah. thanks for listening thanks so much and uh See y'all next time. See you next time. Okay, bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sit for a Spell. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on all social media at Sit for a Spell Pod. If you have anything you would like us to discuss or want to share your own practices, please email us at sitforaspellpod at gmail.com. Until next time, blessed, blessed be. be.